today we finish up Psalm 18. And while most of the psalm reveals imagery from battle and victory and war, I want us to realize that there's some aspects that are revealed about God that very much affect us today. And while we may not be going through war, it sometimes feels that way because we have an enemy that is constantly battling us. And so today we kind of look at some more imagery and what that reveals to us. And I talk about just a practical time where I saw God's hand of, hand of intervention in a way that didn't seem to make sense in the physical, similar to how David is responding to God's hand of faithfulness on the battlefield. I pray this episode blesses you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kroll. Hey, today before we get into the continuation of Psalm 18, I wanted to just answer a question that I got this week that I think might be helpful for other people in case you are having the same kind of question. The series that we're doing is calling Hearing Jesus in the Psalms. And the reason why I chose the Psalms is because it is the book of the Bible that Jesus quoted the most. And it is the book that is of the Old Testament that is quoted the most in the New Testament by the other, you know, the various New Testament authors. And then also, it is the one book in the Old Testament that contains the most prophetic messages about Jesus. That being said, we are not skipping through different Psalms. We are doing all of the Psalms. Not every single Psalm is considered a messianic psalm, meaning it not every single psalm will specifically mention Jesus or point to, to Jesus. However, 
the reason why the series is called Hearing Jesus in the Psalms is because I want you to think of the whole meta narrative of scripture and that word meta narrative basically just means meta meaning big narrative meaning story so what is the big storyline of scripture the same god that we see in the old testament is the god that we see in the new testament the things that are revealed about jesus in the old testament are the things that we see fulfilled in the new testament and so i want to just make this note about um, the various psalms that we're looking at. And as you can tell, if you stuck with me this far, the beginning psalms are what's called lament psalms. And if you did not go back, if you do not already listen, go back and listen to the intro to psalms that I talk about, the different kinds of psalms. A lot of the psalms are lament psalms, meaning they're talking about grief or sorrow or heartbreak or feeling defeated. And I think it's important to recognize that those are things that are included in scripture. That being said, all of the Psalms are either a prayer to God, a message from God, talking about God, talking about God's hand of rescue. And if you are specifically listening for me to hear, for me to say the word Jesus, it might not happen if I'm going through systematically the history and the culture because Jesus wasn't alive yet. And so while, yes, there are definitely messianic psalms that we're talking about Jesus, we're, we're not skipping any. And so I apologize if that makes you uncomfortable or if it's not as uh, the, the, what you're, it's not necessarily what you're looking for, you can fast forward through that episode. But I don't want to skip them. I'm not going to skip them. I think there's a danger when we start cherry picking what we want to hear and skipping over what we don't want to hear. Because ultimately... We have to remember Jesus is part of this larger relationship called the Trinity. The Trinity is Jesus as the Son, God as the Father, and the Holy Spirit as the Comforter, the Paracletos, the Advocate. But they're all parts of the same God, same triune being. And so when I am mentioning God and what reveals the aspects and nature of his character, it is also revealing Jesus. And so just because I'm not specifically saying the name of Jesus does not mean I'm not talking about Jesus. You have to remember Jesus was fully God and he was fully man. And so we're talking about God before he came down as man. So as we're talking about God's character and God's nature, it is the character and the nature of Jesus. And it is the character and nature of the Holy Spirit. Now, depending on your denominational background, sometimes we're not taught that. Sometimes you're not taught that the Holy Spirit is a person and he's the same as Jesus. And sometimes we're not taught that Jesus, yes, fully God, fully man, but he is God. It, it's the Trinity. And perhaps we'll do a Trinity study after we're done with Psalms. Um, and, and I'll do my best to try to point it out as we go. But I'm saying that to give you some encouragement for feeling like, man, this is called hearing Jesus. I'm not really hearing the name of Jesus other than when you pray or, um, or the name of it. You are. You are. And my encouragement is, is to maybe take your preconceived ideas or things you've been taught in the past out of the equation and just listen with a fresh heart, fresh eyes, fresh vision, fresh ears, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak what he's trying to reveal to you. Because I think if you get so caught up on how many times I say the name of Jesus, or if I'm not reminding you that Jesus knew all the Psalms, and it's hard for you to listen because you only want to hear about Jesus, you're missing what God's trying to do in your life right now. You're missing what God is trying to do in this space with this Psalm. Because like I said, we're not going to pick and choose which parts of the scripture 
we read because of the way we make they make us feel. Because what the scripture is doing is it is revealing who God is and his character and his nature, which is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So this is my one and only time I'm going to apologize for um, maybe perhaps if you feel like I've misled you, you don't have to listen. You can go, I have 150 episodes, go to a different one. Um, but this is what we're doing. This is what I feel God has led us to do. And I pray that it continues to bless you. And for those of you that have reached out and said, hey, I'm really enjoying this series. I appreciate that. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I'm trying to meet the needs, the spiritual needs of the vast majority of people. And if that doesn't meet the needs of some of the people, it's okay. You can come back when we start a new series. You won't hurt my feelings. I love you all. And I'll be praying for this message to continue to resonate with you. So let's continue. Today we are again in Psalm 18. And I think today we will finish. We're going to be spirit-led on that, though. Um, Psalm 18 is the longest psalm by far that we've done up until this date. And I think there's too much in it to rush through it. And so I'm I'm praying that as we are kind of unpacking some of this imagery and some of the things that is happening, that it will be a blessing to you and help you to understand things more clearly. And I just want to share... I've had a lot of people reach out and say, you know what, this is the first time I've actually understood what this is saying. That's kind of the point, guys. Like, I, I want I want you to understand what it's saying because I want you to recognize the God that is revealed in these texts. So I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemies. Great bolts of lightning and routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth lay bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters." He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning away from God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low to those whose eyes are haughty. You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. 
My God turns my light, my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his ways are perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength, and he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory, and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. You broaden the path beneath me, so that my ankles do not turn. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for the battle. You made my adversaries bow at my feet. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them, to the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as dust borne on the wind. I poured them out like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. People I did not know are subject to me. As soon as they hear me, they obey me. Foreigners cringe before me. They lose all heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God my Savior. He is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From violent men you rescue me. Therefore I will praise you among the nations, O Lord. I will sing praises to your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. So over the last couple of days, we've been unpacking some of the imagery and some of the things that we see in Psalm 18. And I want to keep unpacking some of that because I think it's important. So we are picking up in verse 28. And if you want to hear some of the things before verse 28, you can go back and listen to the last couple of days. But verse 28 says, you, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. And so this idea of keeping the lamp burning Lamps were often used metaphorically in Israel to symbolize life and prosperity. And so I think when we first read this at first glance, we might think of a hurricane lamp or a candle or, you know, this this metaphor of um, God's light in the darkness. But, but really, it's symbolizing life and prosperity because that was what was used in Israel at the time, that metaphor. And so they were often, lamps were often placed in tombs for that reason. And so the expression, his lamp, is often used in scripture to symbolize life. So an eternal flame is a symbol of endurance and remembrance. That's why they would be in the tombs. Um, a reign of a descendant of David in Jerusalem would be, something that would be linked to God's promise to David's dynasty. And so similarly to what we're seeing here, this idea of continuous light is suggesting that um, there's an eternal factor to God's hand of prosperity and life and, and provision. So Yahweh, as the God, the name of God for the Old Testament, is the Lamb beside the side of David as the psalmist, and that is what is warding off danger. It's it's a protective uh, metaphor. And so um, I think that's important when we're, when we're reading through this, that we understand my God turns my darkness into light. It's, it's not just spiritual, but it can essentially be physical. That's how he's referring to it. 
the real physical protection. Because remember, David's coming out of battle and he has been protected when he was surrounded by his enemies. And he has seen the hand of God as the physical protection. I want to jump down to verse 32. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. I want to just point this out because this is another example or a, a key example of David giving God the glory for his victory on the battle. Because the kings at the time would not do that. They would say that they won the battle themselves, but they did it with the help of their deity. Whereas what we see David doing is he's saying, look, I'm helpless without you. The only way I got through this was with God's help. And I, and I think that's important because Yes, that helps us to understand that the way that we get through our battles is our dependency on God, but it also is a direct conflict in the time with how other leaders would have expressed um, their victories after coming off the battlefield. Let's go to verse 33. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. So the feet of the deer, this is a term that is used to refer to one of the species of deer that was known throughout the ancient Near East. So it's often discussed with other kinds of um, mountain sheep or gazelles. And it, it's a kind of deer that is specific to that region. And it's known for its sure-footedness on very treacherous ground, on high pass that you wouldn't even think that they should be able to stand up straight. It's kind of like when we were in Hawaii, we looked up the side of this mountain, and this mountain literally was straight up. If you've ever been to Maui, there's parts of um, the island that are just beautiful, but it's not near the beach. It's kind of farther inland. And the mountains are literally straight up rock. And we look, and as we're driving, we see this tiny little white dot. And I look up, and I realize it's a goat. And I'm like, how How did it even get there? Like, there's nothing. There's one tiny little tree that is growing off the side of this little crag on the side of the of the mountain. But there's no path to it. There's nothing above it. There's nothing below it. I'm like, how in the world did that thing even get there? That's what I think of when I'm thinking about the kind of deer that it's talking about here, because that's kind of the the family of animals it was it was part of that was re, in that region that was really known for its sure-footedness and being able to get to places that typically you would not be able to get to. And so I think it's interesting here because it says he makes my feet like the feet of a deer and he enables me to stand on the heights. And it's really a metaphor for what David is saying is there's things that I'm doing that should be impossible for me to do. There are things that I am only able to do because of the God who enables. Verse 34, he trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. This expression could reflect an actual weapon, but it also may indicate um, a poetic way of, of talking about God strengthening his bow or his weapon as a warrior. And so the bow is really a symbol of royal strength in, in this culture. And, and not just in Israel, but in Assyria, in Egypt, in greater Mesopotamia, and it's also one of the weapons that the gods of the time that that those other regions would would be glorifying those gods would be using the bow as one of the weapons and so 
um, I mean, you'll see the sun disc portrayed as a as a, a bow. Sometimes you'll see it's a weapon of the sun god. It could be understood that the, it was a physical, literal weapon that was used. Um, but but really, what we're seeing here is David is making a connection between the hand of the king, meaning God Yahweh, and his success on the battlefield. So that could, it could go either way, or it could just mean both. It could mean literally, because obviously David had a weapon at, at the time, and he we know that he used a bow from other places in scripture, but also um, the symbolism here, I, I don't want to lose sight of that. Verse 38, I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. This is battle language. And as a reminder, we are seeing battle language throughout this whole psalm, because this is what it was. It was a battle. David just came through in a war victory. And so the language of battle is used through all, throughout all of Psalm 18. And that might appear harsh, but it was a really common style in royal reports in the ancient world. And, and this is really serving. Yes, it, he put it to music. And yes, this is a response to God's hand of faithfulness in the battle. But it also is a royal report because he is the king and he is giving a report of what happened on the, on the battlefield. That's kind of why it's included. It wasn't just him singing out of an overwhelmed heart. It was making a notation of what actually happened on the battlefield. So the imagery that we see in the psalm is not, honestly, if you can believe it, it's not as graphic as most of the descriptions that would have been found in similar type records of the time. Um, the Assyrian kings would go in very, very detailed uh, descriptions o over very specific things that happen on the battlefield. This is this is an easing up of that um, because I think the focus here really is God's faithfulness as he is making this record. And then the last one I want to mention is verse 45. It says, they all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. This is really a common notion that would have been expressed in victory reports. And it's really talking about the submission of the enemies. And so when it's talking about their hearts failing them and their surrender, they're talking about the fear that they have before the king. It is really kind of the last stage of the victory report. and so. Again, this kind of sounds harsh, but we're thinking about this in terms of the enemy of God's people, which in turn are enemies of God. And so if we think about this as far as where we land, the takeaway I always think of when I read this is where do I want to be? What side do I want to be on? Do I want to be on the winning side or do I want to be on the losing side? I want to be on God's side. And um, I think it's clear the results of what happens, even in what seems like impossible circumstances. And we have to remember, as we come to a close on Psalm 18, we have to remember that David in the physical was facing a battle that did not seem to make sense for him to win. And I think that happens to us, um, especially especially in times where we feel like the enemy has a target on our back. And, and we've talked about this a lot throughout the Psalms, this, this um, sense that as believers, we can feel like we have this target on our back, either from other people or from the enemy himself, combination of both. And, and I, I think the encouragement here is to recognize that um, we serve a God that can intervene in a way that doesn't even make sense to us. You know, we, um, and we can, re we can liken this to our, own lives in lots of different ways. 
But to give an example, um, we had a season of our life when we were just feeling like we were getting hit over and over and over and over again. And, and we both come from, um, backgrounds of, of struggle, really financial struggle. And so for us, any headway that we made, um, was really a result of a lot of hard work and dedication and sacrifice. And we were both committed to, uh, serving God in lay ministry at the time. We weren't even in full-time ministry yet. And we were making a lot of changes in our lives that were changing the trajectory of not just our life, but generations to come. And, and I say that because I think sometimes we forget that when we make a decision to step out in faith towards what God has for us and away from what the enemy has for us, we are changing a trajectory. And that trajectory will change things for the generations that come after us. And so the enemy will attack in that season. The enemy will attack things in its infancy that he fears in their maturity. And so we were just getting hammered from all sides. We we were having, I owned a business at the time and uh, there was a budget impasse for the state, which meant we weren't getting any of our state funding. We were just a lot of things happening at the same time. And we were really at our wits end. We were both working full time, several jobs actually, and, and trying to make ends meet. And we uh, had no money to fill our fuel tank. And this might seem odd when you're thinking through uh, war imagery. So, but hang with me for a minute. Um, we had no, no money to pay our, our fuel tank. And that was how we would heat our our home. And, and I came from the city. I didn't know anything about fuel tanks or anything like that. I did not realize at the time, which it would be cheap these days, but at the time it was $800 to fill up the tank. I did not have $800. I didn't even have $80. There was just no way that was going to get filled. And so we were in dire straits, like trying to figure out what we were going to do to heat our home. Literally did not have the money, did not even realize that that was you know, we were young, young and dumb, and we bought this house and didn't even know what a mess it was. And so we didn't know, we didn't know what to do. We just prayed. We just said, okay, God, like we are doing our best that we can. We're not going to get paid until uh, another week and a half. There, there is no money to fill this tank. It's going to get cold. We have babies. Like we don't, we don't know what to do. And we went to church that night and, um, we did not even tell anybody what was going on. We just, we did ask for prayer because we just felt like, foolish for not realizing we were just young we were young and dumb and not even realizing what we had gotten ourselves into and we came home that night after church and and the house was warm and I thought well that's really weird and I went out and we what we realized was that at some point when we were at church somebody had come and filled our tank filled our propane tank it's full and we we had not ordered it I called I called the propane company and I said, we don't have money to pay for this. I thought maybe they came, they, they were on some sort of autofill or whatever. And they said, oh, we didn't, we didn't come fill your tank, but we had a full tank. I, I don't know how to this day. I don't know how it happened. I don't know who paid for it. I don't know what company came. I don't, I don't know. And, and I, I think about that in terms of some of the things that, that David is talking about here. When, when we're in this place of desperation and nothing no options seem feasible. I don't want us to forget that we have a God that still performs miracles. We have a God that sees our need 
and can meet our needs. We have a God that wants to step in as a good father, but we have to ask him. If I had just not even prayed about it, I don't know that that miracle would have happened. If I had just went and hustled and tried to figure out how to come up with $800, I don't know that that would have happened. But in a moment of desperation where I said, okay, God, instead of, unless you show up and do something, we are desperate. It's in that moment that his glory can be revealed, that his faithfulness in our lives can be revealed. And we can stand firm knowing that this relationship I have with God is real. He is a good father. And, and I think sometimes we even forget to pray about some of those things. And, and while this war imagery might feel foreign and far away for us, I think that the God that it reveals is very close by. It is He is very near. And he has a love for you that you cannot even comprehend. Let's read Psalm 18 one last time. I pray it blesses you. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemies, great bolts of lightning and routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth lay bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is lawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? 
It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. You broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for the battle. You made my adversaries bow at my feet. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as dust borne on the wind. I poured them out like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. People I did not know are subject to me. As soon as they hear me, they obey me. Foreigners cringe before me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God my Savior. He is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalt me above my foes. From violent men you rescue me. Therefore, I will praise you among the nations, O Lord. I will sing praises to your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. Lord God, we thank you for the way that you reveal yourself through the pages of your word. I pray that as we continue to study the Psalms, we would sense in our hearts the way that you long to be our rescue. God, I thank you that we have access to your word. Help us not to take it for granted. Help us not to discard it. Help us to take it seriously as you long for us to understand your great love for us. It's in your name we ask these things. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.